stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Clamando no escuro, correndo e olhando. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live. All right. Good morning. It's good to be here with you on a Wednesday morning. And uh, Jonathan Dunn streaming from uh, Rick Vonfa Ministry Studio here at 1100 uh, Mary, no, 1711 Meriwether Drive, Suite 104 in Watkinsville, Georgia, 30677. Phone is 706-353-1546. Our email is rbm at latterain.com. I hope you tuned in yesterday to hear Pastor Rick talk about the ascension and, and the, uh, the idea of the ascension in light of, uh, of Moses, okay? Moses passing on the anointing to Joshua, and in light of the concept of Elijah passing on the anointing to Elisha, in a very similar way, Jesus is saying that in order for me to pass on the prophetic anointing, I have to ascend. And then you wait. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait in Jerusalem until it comes. And so if you didn't listen to Pastor Rick's message, uh, Acts, um, Acts 9 through about 13, 12, 13 or so, then go listen uh, to that and that will give the context of the ascension and why it was important in light of the passing on. And uh, so then there's also uh, sort of a break here. So Jesus gives talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. Okay. Then he talks about waiting in Jerusalem. And then, and then it comes to uh, the actual ascension. And then you kind of have a break here between, after the ascension, you have verses 12 all the way through 26, the end of chapter 1. And so it's sort of a, uh, between the two events, you have something happen. And so it's, you know, it's interesting. Luke is writing to this guy, Theophilus, who's most likely an intelligent Greek man. And so he doesn't assume that uh, Theophilus is really fully aware of, uh, of all that's going on, and so that's why he's writing a detailed account here. So between the ascension, so within the ten days that, uh, of the ascension and Pentecost coming, Luke says it's very important to record an event happening, and that is um, the institution of... Um, of um, Matthias, okay, Matthias, as the twelfth apostle, all right. Now you notice in verse twelve, when as he begins there, it talks about how they returned to to Jerusalem. In other words, the disciples did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Okay, they went back to Jerusalem, and that's what uh, he told them to do in verse four. Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Okay? So as soon as he ascended, okay, they did exactly what he told them to do. So, so point number one, okay, 
And I don't know how many points I have today, but this is the first one out of however many I have. Point number one, okay, is that receiving a blessing of God depends on obedience. All right, let me say it again, okay? Point number one, receiving a blessing from God requires obedience, okay? So, now these are guys from Galilee. So, the, the, uh, it would have made more sense for them, really, after Jesus ascended, and they really didn't know what to do, you know? So, Jesus is, let's back up. Jesus is resurrected. Everybody's freaking out. Forty, okay, for a period of 40 days, He is appearing and giving them all kinds of teaching. And then He ascends, okay? So if Jesus had not told them to go into Jerusalem, they probably would have just gone back to Galilee because that's where the home was. You know, Peter and most of these guys are from Galilee. Not all, but most of them, right? But because Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem, they go back to Jerusalem. So they're not at their own house. They're most likely in a, in a wealthy believer's home because if you notice down here in um, verse 15, it talks about, 120 people being gathered together. So it would have had to have been a pretty large uh, house in those in those days. I mean, even in today's uh, uh, concept in our Western world, where we have our you know we have our big houses and all our land, and everybody wants their space, and you spread out, right? And 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 then everything was compact and together. I mean, to have 120 people in a home, I mean, that had to be a big home. Honestly, so had to have been a wealthy believer uh, who who was opening their home to allow everyone to gather there in Jerusalem, and it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to find a place in Jerusalem, especially during that time where you could fit 120 people. So, uh, so anyway, they're there, and it's uh, and then, then he they're in this upper room, most likely uh, the same place where they had the Passover with Jesus. As I said, there, there wouldn't be that many rooms big enough, right? So, uh, and so there were Peter and James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zealots, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, okay? So it lists the disciples... But then it also makes sure to say that there's a lot of other people there with the women, okay, the women, <laughs> and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with, and with his brethren, his brothers, okay. So, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120 men and brethren, this scripture must be fulfilled, must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas, which was guide to them who took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Now, now, now Peter is confirming to the disciples and, and everyone there that, that the choice of Judas was foretold 
through the mouth of David. Okay? Now, the question that we've talked about here in the office is, does that mean that, that uh, Judas was forced into the choice? And I say no. Because that's my position as a Wesleyan, as an Armenian. Okay? That, that, uh, that was a foretelling of the future, not a forthtelling. In other words, Judas didn't do it because David prophesied it. Okay? Okay? But David prophesied it because, because in the heart of God who knows all time, knew that that would come to pass. And so, so, uh, so, the Lord was, so Peter was confirming that, now, let me say this in a different way. He's trying to comfort the brothers and sisters to say, listen, uh, what happened with Judas was something that God knew was going to happen. And so you don't have to be afraid that that's going to happen to you or to me. See, that's the fear. Oh, well, you know, God, you know, God's going to make me you know, go to hell. Because he did that to Judas, so he might do that to me too. Okay, but Peter is saying, now come on. Okay, David prophesied it. It's a very special circumstance where, where the Lord knew that there would be one who would turn against him. But that's not the same as God forcing somebody to do it. Okay, and, uh, and so the scriptures were fulfilled in the choices of Judas Iscariot. And was, okay, so and was known unto all the dwellers of Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called the proper tongue, um, Asel Dama, that is to say, the field of blood, was also known as the potter's field. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Okay, in other words, refers to his apostleship, his place. Okay, so Peter is leading to a point to say that uh, during this waiting period, God wants to fulfill a scripture. Now, this is important to God that there be 12 apostles. Now, this is fast-forwarding a little bit. Okay, now, so point number one, to receive the blessing of God requires obedience. They are waiting in Jerusalem. Number two, to receive the blessing of God Okay, then you have to be under the prophetic of the Scripture. Okay? Underneath the prophetic of the Scripture. See, there were 12 sons, okay? And so 12 tribes, and so there are appointed 12 disciples. Now, Paul, what is how does Paul refer to himself later? Or how do we think of him? We think of him as the 13th, don't we? We think of him as the 13th apostle, right? So, this is, this is uh, not really... Uh, it's implied by this text, but it's not explicit here. But the question is, why, do, why is Paul appointed as the 13th apostle? Well, because the 12 apostles are... God's saying that this was my purpose of Israel, is they, they would always be a light to the nations. The 13th apostle means that now the gospel is going to the Gentiles. 
Okay? That's why there's that's why there's thirteen. That's why Paul becomes the thirteenth apostle. So Peter says that before we could fulfill uh, our role in receiving this gift, we have to come into line with the scriptures that say that Judas's place must be fulfilled. So we have something very important to do within these ten days as we are waiting. We have to see that the scripture is fulfilled in having someone take his place. And so adherence to the scriptures is essential to receiving a blessing from God. Now, there's many people who want to be blessed by God, but they don't want to obey what God tells them to do, and they want to pick and choose the Scriptures that they want to obey or that they want to be under. But see, all Scripture is prophetic, speaks life, speaks blessing, speaks forward. And so if you're rejecting the Scriptures, which were breathed by the Holy Spirit, then you're rejecting the blessing of God. So you have to receive the Scriptures and read it and wrestle with it and, and, and adhere to it in order to receive the blessing of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit, the more word, more Bible you have in, in you, more you're going to hear from the Holy Spirit. Okay, more Bible you have in you, the more you will hear from the Holy Spirit. So Peter is there saying, we are under a, a prophetic utterance of David. And we have to respond to that prophetic utterance of David if we want to receive a blessing. Now, that's pretty good. Okay? So they begin to take steps towards that, uh, towards that position. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Okay? So they begin the process of finding the twelfth apostle now. And the way they do it is really fascinating to me, and it shows good leadership. Okay, So when you're looking towards uh, making a major decision in ministry or life or family, you want to have a little bit of wisdom, and that's, and that's verse 21. Okay, Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among... In other words, uh, once... Peter says it's got to be somebody who has been with us from the beginning and has seen all the stuff, just seen the miracles, seen Jesus in his resurrected body, seen, you know, the, the widow's son, Anaim, seen everything, right? Heard the teachings, been impacted by it, most likely there at the Last Supper, okay? So, Peter says it has to be somebody, and then uh, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection, okay? So then, they, so they have part wisdom, okay, in that they say, alright, this makes sense, this makes common sense, that we have somebody, and then... Then they begin to put it in the hands of God at that point. Okay? So they have part common sense, part wisdom, and then part just putting it in the hands of God because they, they chose two guys. They said, well, it comes down to two, and we don't know. So what did they do? Did they take a vote? No. They didn't take a vote. <laughs> they didn't take a vote 
among the 120 of them, they found a way to allow God to take it from there and for God to have a say in it. Now, that's pretty interesting to me because everything we do in our society is by vote. Even in the church, it's by vote, right? You get everybody together and you vote on what you want to do. Do we want to stay in the Methodist church or do we want to go to the, to the CWA or uh, whatever the thing is called? WCA? Wesleyan Covenant Fellowship? Yeah. Um, everything's by vote, but here they, they get to a point and then they say, now we need to, now we need to find a way to let God, uh, confirm the final decision. And so, uh, they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed. Okay? Now, notice that's a common theme, prayer. Okay? So, obedience, under the prophetic of the word, and prayer. All these things are going on right now. Okay, and they said, You, Lord, which knows the hearts of all men, show whether of these two you have chosen. In other words, okay, God, we've got two guys and they're both qualified. We love them both. But there can only be one because there's twelve. So, God, now you have to show us which, which one it is. That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth lots. Okay? Um, was similar to the Urim and Thummim with which the disciples would have been familiar. And the Lord in the Old Testament times gave leading to his people. Okay? So we have reference here. This is not uncommon. Deuteronomy 33, 8-10. So let's flip there. Deuteronomy 33, 8-10. Okay? So they're, they're, they're not without biblical precedent here. Deuteronomy 33, 8-10. And of Levi he said, Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you did prove at Massa, and with whom you did strive at the waters of Meribah, who said unto his father and to his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew he his own children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you and whole burnt sacrifice upon your altar. Bless, Lord, his substance and accept the work of his hands. Smite through the loins of them who rise against him and of them who hate him, that they rise not again. So they're confirming a leader there. And then also, let's go to uh, Numbers 27, 21. Uh, that's, that's before Deuteronomy. I'm going the wrong way. Numbers 27, 21. Okay. And it says, And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, he shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. At his word shall they go out, and at his word they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregations. So this was Urim and Thummim of Exodus and Leviticus. What they actually were and how they were actually used and consulted God, it is not told us in Scripture. It does not appear that Moses ever sought the judgment of Urim, for he possessed more direct means of ascertaining the direct will of God nor does it seem ever to have been resorted to after the time of David, for the more sure word of prophecy seemed to have superseded it. 
In other words, this concept of Urim and Thummim was a way that they casted lots to choose leaders. Okay, these are two examples of them doing that in the Old Testament. Okay, and the lot. So we're not told exactly how they cast the lots. Okay, uh, probably means that the names of the two were placed on two stones, pieces of parchment or wood, and then placed into an urn with one lot drawn out. And you know, put your names in a hat, or it could have been you draw straws, or whatever it is. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So now that they are in a place where they have sought to fulfill the prophetic word of David to have twelve apostles, they've obeyed Jesus by waiting upon him in Jerusalem. They have they have uh, contended together in a state of prayer, seeking the will of God and opening their hearts to God being involved. And what's going on with them? Now they are in a position for the day of Pentecost to come. I hope you got something out of this. Are you waiting for a blessing for God? Are you, are you wondering what's holding or what might be coming to pass? And you know that something, it's almost like something's on the edge there and you haven't been able to break through it. Well, let me ask you a question. Has God told you there's something you need to do and you haven't obeyed yet? Are you staying in the Word and, and are you under a prophetic uh, a prophetic a state of the Word where you know that you need to make some steps towards a, 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 a prophetic call upon your life and you haven't done it yet? Are, are you in a state of prayer? If you're missing either of these things, then that might just be what's holding the breakthrough from coming. But doubt not, God is faithful. And the day of Pentecost is coming where the Lord's blessing will unleash upon your life. I hope you have a great day and we'll see you, uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Stay tuned to this channel for the next uh, two and a half hours to 12 o'clock as there's going to be some really good teaching coming your way. Hey, hey, hey.